Welcome to the Puberty Prof Podcast, where information and tools are shared to help you have conversations about puberty and other growing up topics. Here is your host, Lori Reichel, the Puberty Prof, a nationally recognized health educator, author of the award-winning book, Common Questions Children Ask About Puberty, and creator of the Talk Puberty app. My name is Lori Reichel, the Puberty Prof. Today's episode is a Valentine's Day special in which four former college students of mine will chat about their childhood crushes and advice on how to handle crushes. For the first question, each of my guests will introduce themselves, and their first names are Margot, Tyler, Laura, and Eric. So the first question is, what do you remember about the crushes you had during the years you went through puberty? Margot. Hi, everyone. My name is Margo. I am 25, and I'm a health educator for a local health department in Wisconsin. The first crushes I had, um, I was actually someone who went into puberty later than my peers. So I think I literally only had a crush on two or three people, uh, you know, between middle school and high school. The first crush I distinctly remember was in eighth grade. And with that person, just thought about them a lot. And my friends and I had code names for him so that we could talk about him without anybody else knowing. And I just remember feeling very anxious and, you know, this anticipatory feeling whenever I would get to see them or talk to them. And it was even better if we talked or they emailed me um, that night. So, and I also do remember not wanting my parents to know who it was because I thought that if they found out, it would be super embarrassing. Thank you, Margo. Tyler, you're up next. Hi, everyone. I'm Tyler. I'm 26. I'm currently a contact tracer in the state of Connecticut, but the last two years, I also worked in the addiction services the Boston Public Health Commission in Massachusetts, helping homeless people get into recovery treatment. Do I remember crushes I had throughout puberty? I think for the most part, yeah. Some of the things I recall, I remember my first crush, I think was in sixth grade. I had a whopping two-week-long relationship strictly through AOL Instant Messenger. Other than talking in class during school, I was super afraid to even talk to her outside. So that's why that relationship well lasted all of two weeks. Throughout the rest of my main years of puberty, I had many crushes or relationships, all of which didn't last very long because we were only you know, 12, 16 years old. And at that point, we were just glorified friends uh, in my instances. Being as shy as I was with girls, even though I had many crushes, I didn't muster up the courage to even kiss a girl until I was in eighth grade. But actually, at that point, I don't think it was because we wanted to. It was more because of other people my age were kind of pressuring me into it, saying, oh, we've already done this. When are you going to finally kiss a girl kind of a thing? Thanks, Tyler. Laura. Hi, thanks for being here. Hi, everyone. My name is Laura. I am 26 years old, and I currently am a wellness and prevention specialist and work with the aging population. So that has been the opposite of of where we're at here uh, talking about, but uh, I still have a lot of personal experiences with, with adolescents as well. So the question, do I remember my crushes? 
through puberty. Yes. Yes, I do. And along with the crushes became heartbreaks and disappointment, but also a lot of smiles, laughs and joy as well. And I know that sounds so cliche, but that's, that's how it went. I remember getting my heart broken for the first time by my first ever crush and thinking um, my world was falling apart and I just couldn't live without him. And now I look back and I I giggle at, at the fact that I wasted so much time um, and energy obsessing over something not working out that was so minimum of an importance in my life back in the day, if that makes sense to, to the listeners. So that is what I recall. Thank you. And Eric. Howdy y'all. My name is Eric. I'm 30 years old. My first crush going through puberty and you're like, Oh, you're going through all these hormone changes. And I was going through an identity crisis. And my first crush was, you know, one of my, good classmates, him and I, you know, hang out all the time. And I just remember like just crushing on him. But I also remember keeping that a secret because I didn't know if that was okay for me to like talk if I, I guess being gay at the time was not okay. You know, from the household I grew up in. So I, you know, I had this like secret that I carried on until up till later on at early high school years until I came out. But I just recall myself maybe talking to girls too, just so I could like throw the scent off. Uh, but yeah, my first crush, we, we hung out all the time. It was great. Uh, we, you know, still good friends till the day. Uh, so I guess that was the thing since I never acted on my crush. We are still best friends to the day till today. So yeah, that's great. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you so much. All four of you to be here. I truly appreciate your time today regarding the crush that you had on someone else. Does anybody remember if they had somebody having a crush on them? I, I can share. So my first crush, it was actually mutual, but we didn't know it. But apparently his group of friends knew and my group of friends also knew that we liked each other. And then one day it came out and that was the end of it. It, 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 was, it was too much for both of us to handle. <laughs> so we no longer said hi to each other. We no longer talked or emailed um, because it was just, it was too overwhelming that it was real. So it ended. <laughs> I remember, I recall back in the day, we used to send these letters. Uh, like we would, we didn't have cell phones. I didn't have a cell phone back in the day. I didn't get a cell phone until like later on in high school. But we would write these long letters to each other and then post them in our lockers going back and forth. And, you know, if you were good at origami, you would make that letter into a heart shape. And you knew it was real when it was a heart shape. So I just remember this individual, I like to, I'm going to try to keep everything anonymous. This individual would like, you know, send me these heart shaped letters talking about like, you know, crushes and like meeting up and rendezvous points throughout the school. So yeah, it was really interesting and a very fun experience for sure. Thank you. My next question for you all, and remember you have the right to pass. What advice do you have for a young person who has a crush on somebody else? What do you recommend they do? Tyler. All right. This question was fun when I was trying to think of my answer earlier this week, because now I'm 26, but I'm trying to think of when I was like 12 to 16 years old, if I would feel the same way then. 
but well, here's what I came up with. You should just go for it. Someday you're going to realize that it's better to have been shot down by a crush that you were honest with than to wonder what could have been. I do believe this holds true at all ages. It's young love anyway. By go for it, Tyler, what do you mean by that? Because I know we're living in a time where consent is really important. So would you explain that a little bit more? Oh, yeah, absolutely. If you have a crush on a guy or girl, just tell them how you feel. If you like them, you might as well tell them that you like them. Yeah, it, if they say no and make fun of you, you're going to run into that. But maybe they like you back. Thanks, Tyler. Laura, how about you? What advice do you have? I think Tyler is definitely right. I would I definitely have to agree with him on that. Life is too short. Definitely just have that conversation with that person. I know it's easier said than done while talking about it, but it's better to have your feelings off your chest versus keeping that all in. And that's actually something I still struggle with today in, in relationships is not telling everyone my full feelings. And I, it's really much better to just be open and honest. And from there, there's less confusion and overall, pretty much everyone is happy in the long run with that. Thank you, Laura. Eric, any advice? So I'm going to come from a different perspective. As much as I agree with my peers that sometimes you should you know, lead with your heart and say something. I think you also got to reflect and ask yourself that you liking a particular person, whether it be your best friend or just uh, a friend in your group, like if y'all were to date, how would that change your dynamics? And if you think like it's not going to change anything, then, you know, go for it. Lead with your heart and ask them out. But if you feel like it's going to change how they treat you or things are going to become awkward and it might end very badly, then we got to ask ourselves, like, is it better to keep that friendship versus trying to force something? And then maybe later on, it might happen, you know, organically. So that that was definitely my perspective on that. But also, you know, you only get one life too. So if you feel like, hey, I want to, you know, young love, Tyler called it young love. And I think that, you know, it's okay to, you know, get your heart broken, but it's also even though it is young love and you gamble with your heart being broken and that is not okay sometimes because you know, heart, our heart hurts when you're, you're sad and depressed, but there are going to be memories in that relationship that you're going to be able to tell your best friends. And then hopefully one day your family and about your young love when you're going through raising a family. So there's pros and cons to it. So you just got to make the best decision for yourself. Thanks, Eric. Margo. Any recommendations? Yeah, my perspective is is similar and different, I guess, from everybody's. But mine is to be someone's friend first. Best relationships start with that foundation of friendship. And if your focus is to be someone's friend first, then at the end of the day, you've gained another really great friend in your circle. If it builds into a relationship, then you have a great foundation for that romantic relationship as well. But biggest thing is to spend time with them too, to see if you actually like them in that way. And a lot of times with the people that we have a crush on, you build them up to be this amazing person. We put them on a pedestal. And then you're constantly comparing that authentic, real person in front of you with this person you've made up in your mind. 
And so being someone's friend first, allowing them to be genuine and authentic in themselves and for you as well would be my recommendation. Thank you. This is why I asked for four people today to be present because y'all have a different perspective. And I think anybody listening, whether they be a parent or other caretaker or a child, it's nice to hear there's a variety of ways because we all have to live our own lives. So my next question is getting a little past the crushes and it's what do you recommend to young people about romantic relationships? Should they have like be rushed into a romantic relationship, take their time? What are your thoughts regarding that? Laura, do you mind answering first? Of course. Wait, that is my my overall answer to that is wait. I know that being in young and in love uh, is such a great feeling that you just want to rush things. But I know once you rush things, you can't really get those things back, whether that would be, you know, meeting family or uh, your first kiss or um, what have you definitely wait. And I, I'd really like to piggyback off of what Margot said earlier in that, that last question is be friends with them first. That, that is going to ultimately grow your, your relationship to the next level if you if it does end up going there and if you do take it there. So wait, everyone wait and, and make decisions together as, as a couple if, if you end up getting to that point. Thank you, Laura. Eric? The best uh, relationship advice that I can give you is that you got to establish boundaries. What are you comfortable with? You know, holding hands, holding hands in public. Is that okay for both of y'all? Because one person might be okay with it, but the other person might not be okay with it. And we see this a lot in young LGBT relationships where if we're, you know, a person's coming out and they're still trying to get comfortable, their parents are trying to get used to this idea of them dating uh, within the LGBT family. So how does, you know, there's a lot of stuff like communication. You got to, you got to talk about the boundaries, your communication. What are you okay with? I, you know, what Laura said earlier, it's like, don't rush it, take baby steps, grow together. I think that sometimes we get caught up in the, the lust of everything that we forget to step on the brakes a little bit and really have these healthy conversations that can help build a solid foundation within this relationship. And I, if you're a young person listening and you're in that young love and you know, you're going 90 miles per hour, it's okay to take a step back and set up boundaries. It's okay, wherever you are in your relationship to set boundaries. What does asking permission look like? Having healthy talks with your, your family members about, hey, mom, you know, I, you know, I want to have my first kiss, but how do you go about that in talking to your partner about that? If you're establishing these things and Communication is key. So don't be afraid to ask things that might be silly in your head because those are where the best conversation starters come from. Thank you, Eric. Margo? I think first and foremost, um, consent is key for everything. So this kind of piggybacks off of Eric's boundaries conversation, but asking for consent every time, no matter the circumstances, that is insanely important and should be the baseline of every romantic relationship. Um, as parents, too, talking to your kids about what that what consent looks like, how you can ask for consent for 
seemingly basic things as ways to practice asking for consent as well. And talking about healthy relationships, what is a healthy relationship looks like modeling that, having discussion for what an unhealthy relationship looks like and how to lead that situation. As parents or caregivers to having conversations with your kids about who it's okay to talk with about your children's relationships. Because a lot of kids get embarrassed when it comes to their personal life and um, those early relationships and um, knowing where your kids' boundaries are. I think at the end of the day, relationships should be fun and add value to your life. And that goes with any kind of relationship, but especially a romantic relationship. And so uh, trust your gut and how you're feeling with that person and ultimately you know, make decisions that feel the best for you in your life. Thank you, Margo. Tyler, anything to add? Yeah, I have a few things. I also agree uh, at that age, consent is definitely a must. And if I'm being honest, when I was answering the previous questions, I wasn't even thinking about sex at that point. So that's why you had to ask me that follow-up question. I was thinking I hit puberty pretty young. So I was thinking even before that point in my life, that's why I referenced the first kiss. But uh, here I have a few other points I'd like to point out, tips for romantic relationships at a young age. I also agree it's okay to go at your own pace. It's different for everybody. Uh, There's no timeline that says you need to do this, this, or that by whatever age. Have a first kiss by this age or sex by this age. Definitely open communication lines between the two partners is essential. Learn that in my more mature relationships as I got older, communication is the most essential part to a relationship that's going to be successful. But going back, surround yourself with caring, dependable friends that you can talk to about crushes and relationships. If you're going through something at a young age, chances are someone close to you is also going through the same thing or something close to that and you can get through it together. Solid friendships are going to last much longer than middle school, high school relationships do in most cases. So never lose sight of the ones by your side through the good and the bad. Another big key point that I'd like to point out that I did not think this way when I was younger, but I wish I would have had somebody tell me this. I was a young person. Be open with your parents. They may seem evil, like they're your enemy and they're never on your side, but they're always going to be on your side cheering for you. They want what is best for you. Chances are they're going to be accepting if you're honest with them right off the bat. The more they know, the more they could help or be a person you can turn to to ask questions. This is something young people, they're not going to understand that, but I can't believe it's already been 10 to 15 years since I've been there, but it feels like just yesterday I was there. And then another huge thing, my last point on a little bit different of a topic, don't be a jealous person in a relationship. If it's meant to be, it'll work out. If not, the time was not right and that person might not have been right for you. Speaking as a person who struggled with jealousy through my younger pubescent years relationships, it's not good for either of you and it's probably going to ruin the relationship. So try to work on yourself before you get somebody else involved. Thank you, all of you. I love all the references you made to a variety of things, including healthy relationships, 
those of you that are listening into the podcast, you can look up aspects of a healthy relationship. And then there's there's going to be charts or diagrams that go over a variety of things, as well as what are the characteristics of unhealthy relationships. It's so great that like Tyler, you just brought that up about feeling confident about yourself and not not trusting a partner. What is that about? Another thing is you're all talking about positive communication skills, which is why the apps that I've created are titled Talk. It's to support people talking. Talking is a verb, and it's important in all of our relationship. And the last thing that I'm thinking of here is you, you referred to parents. In addition to what you just said, if I'm a parent or other caregiver of a child and I see that they have a crush or that they're interested in a romantic relationship, should they leave it alone? Should they go and talk with their child? Well, like you said, you have a beautiful app, Talk Before, uh, talk before Sex. Uh, I've used it several times as a parent. I'd go to get, go grab the app because it filters a lot of these conversations. But let's say you don't have the app. Don't be afraid to talk to your child about these issues because whether you like it or not, they're going through them. And if you ignore it, they might, it might lead to a different uh, road paved than you expected your child to go through. So I'd rather you have an active approach to talking to your child about, you know, sex, uh, talking about healthy relationships, what is not healthy relationships, abuse, et cetera, like that, because you want to talk to your child so they can make these healthy judgment calls when you're not around, because you're not going to be around your child all the time. So if a particular thing comes up in their relationship, at least, you know, you've given them the guidance and you've had to talk for them to make a choice at that moment when you're not around. And hopefully it's the right choice, whatever choice you taught your child. Margo? Yeah. And to add on that too, I think there's no, I think we get so stuck in what's right and what's wrong. And as a parent or a caregiver, an awkward conversation is better than no conversation. Um, giving giving children a resource or another tool in their toolkit for knowing how to navigate these situations is always best because they might not need you right now, or they may not feel comfortable talking to you right now, but it'll always be in the back of their heads. This is someone I know I can go to because they broached that conversation with me already. So they already took a step in and now it's that child's opportunity to step into that conversation too. So if a parent already has one foot in or a caregiver already has one foot in, it just makes those future conversations so much easier to approach. Thank you. Anybody else? I would like to agree with Margo on that aspect. Me personally, I have been open to my parents from the beginning, so they had it easy with me when it came to um, this topic. But to this day, again, I am 26 to this day, my mom is my best friend and I would go to her with anything. And that's a really good feeling to have someone that's always going to be there when I'm going through good things and bad. So starting starting off to, to build that relationship early on is very key. Thank you all so much. And I'm sure our listeners truly appreciate your sage advice. The last question I have for you is what do you recommend regarding adolescence? And I'm going to have you say it a little differently. If you were going to say two statements to a young person, what would be the two statements regarding advice for anything dealing with puberty and adolescence besides crushes and romantic relationships in two statements, what advice do you have 
for young people or for their parents? Eric, you want to answer first? I'm going to do it two different ways to the, to the young person that's listening right now. It's okay to be different. And it's okay to know that you got to love yourself first before you can love someone else. And then to the parent, to the guardian, the person that the young person that you're raising is the most beautiful thing that you could, you get to do in life. So it's okay that if you don't always have the answers right away, take the time, go research, process, and then go talk to your child. Thank you. Laura, how about you? So I would say for the guardian side, parent side, caregiver side, be patient with your your child. It's just because they are a child doesn't mean that it's easy. I mean, we've all been there. We've all gone through this. It's a tough time in their lives. And I think we neglect to talk about that. And that's why these resources are out there to help guide you and them to a better successful life. So just be patient. They'll open up to you if they want to open up to you, but making sure you build that trusted relationship so they're able to come to you about that. Thank you. Tyler. I want to reiterate one more time. I'm going to speak to the young people. I don't have anything for parents right off the top of my head. Your parents are on your side. I wish I would have thought like that when I was a younger person. Plenty of times I had thinking they were evil and now against me, but they are on your side. And another thing I'd like to reiterate from what I said earlier, surround yourself with supportive people that you can depend on. While a relationship may come and go, unless you find that right person or until you find that right person, you can always lean on the people that are close to you, whether it be friends or family. Thank you. Margo? I like the format Eric kind of laid out for us. So to the young person listening, don't compare your journey through adolescence to someone else's. Be real and own who you are and the energy you put out into the world because you are completely unique and wonderful all in your own being. And the sooner you feel comfortable in that and um, the better you'll feel in your placement in the world. And to guardians, just give yourself and your child grace. It's going to be messy. It's going to be imperfect, but that's, you know, the best things in life are. And so to not put pressure on um, situations or things to go a certain way, but just give yourself grace and have the conversation. Thank you so much for that advice. And my two statements, it's really one, and it goes to anybody listening is to remember that talk is a verb and to make sure that you talk with the people in your lives. Well, thank you again, all of you, Laura, Eric, Margo, Tyler, for being present today. I truly appreciate your time and I miss you. I wish we could do this in person, perhaps sometime soon. So please continue taking care of yourselves. And for our audience, thank you so much for listening today. If you want more information, feel free to go to my website, pubertyprof.com. And you can even send a message if you have some questions or comments. So thanks for being here. And I hope you have a happy and healthy day. Thank you for listening to the Puberty Prof Podcast, where information and tools are shared to help you have conversations about puberty and other growing up topics. Did you enjoy this episode? 
please like, share, and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also follow The Puberty Prof on Twitter or Instagram. The Puberty Prof, Lori Reichel, wants to hear from you. Go to pubertyprof.com or click on the link in this episode's description. There you can find more information, as well as ask questions to be answered by the Puberty Prof in a future episode. That's pubertyprof.com. Also, remember to check out the Talk Puberty app and the book, Common Questions Children Ask About Puberty. Until next time, this is the Puberty Prof Podcast where information and tools are shared to help you have conversations about puberty and other growing up topics.